Greetings to those who watch below. It's that time of month again. Time for a roundup of some truly terrifying stories with real life encounters. But first, many, many thanks to Wicked Witch, Steffi Ray, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, and Ghost City Shelton for being those who dwell below. An exclusive channel membership that will get you shout outs in every single video. If you'd like to join them, make sure to check out the link in the description box below. Now, on with the stories. The Whistling Man at My Girlfriend's College Neighborhood by Polish Ninja 909 I was a senior in high school. I had a girlfriend at the time who was going through some trouble and living with some friends in a technical college neighborhood of duplexes. The entire campus was a hotbed for various crimes at night. The campus was bordered on both sides by town with well above average drug activity. It was poorly lit and drug deals, thefts and assaults would happen pretty regularly on the same street as my girlfriend's duplex. The campus police were always responding to multiple crimes across the sprawling campus. Rarely did I ever drive onto the grounds without seeing a police car flying down the street at full code. I'd avoided actually seeing anything on campus up until this particular night. I was visiting my girlfriend. I was a scrawny, unintimidating 18-year-old. Her friends were out of the house doing something else, so we were enjoying the privacy. After some time, I realised that I had left something in my truck that I wanted to get. I left the house, already on guard, knowing full well what kinds of things happened in the area. The only light on the whole block was on the very end of the street. The orange glow of the high-pressure sodium light barely reached the yard of the house. I walked over to my truck, which was parked on the street. As I got closer, I realised there was a man standing in the yard of the house right across the road. I could barely see him, but the silhouette suggests that it is a tall, slender man. He was wearing black jeans and a black hoodie, which immediately puts me on guard. This is a college campus though, the guy might just be out enjoying a cigarette. He's standing directly underneath the tree in the middle of the yard of the house, so that was my rational answer for his being there. Well as soon as I notice him, he begins whistling a tune. Indistinguishable, I assume it's a tune of his own creation. It's slow and random. I feel the hairs on my neck stand up, but decide to continue to my truck. I put my key in the door, the passenger side, farthest from the whistling man. I lean over to grab the stuff from my truck. I look up and notice that he is now walking from the yard, crossing the street and walking directly toward my truck. I stand up, shut the door, and immediately make a beeline for the house. I sprint with all my might and hear a second set of footfalls behind me. With the footfalls comes a whistle, frantic to match the pace of the footfalls. I get to the door, open it and turn and slam the door. In my turn I caught a glance at the whistler, a white man wearing a hoodie and a scarf or gaiter covering the bottom half of his face. I lock the door and run to my girlfriend's room. I tell her what happened. At first she doesn't believe me. She knows I love to tell horror stories and tend to double down around Halloween. It was October. Then she heard it. The man was circling the house, whistling. We quickly covered the windows in her bedroom with blankets. They're the awning style, the type that don't lock properly, 
and can be pried open from the outside with ease. The man was still circling. We sat there petrified for what seemed like ten minutes. Finally, we got enough sense to call the police. They responded as fast as they could, but coming all the way across campus doesn't yield well to quick response times. They scared the guy away before they were anywhere nearby with their sirens. They searched for about 20 minutes, took a statement from each of us and left. After that, my girlfriend experienced many similar situations. None of them whistlers, though. I think it was the same guy, though. He picked us when he saw how freaked out we were and played the game for months afterwards. Never when I was there, though. The Man Who Hisses by Nick Is My Name One. I had just turned 21 and frequented the bars regularly. In hindsight, I probably spent too much time drinking with my friends. I didn't have a car or a cell phone, and I lived on the outskirts of town. It was a 45 minute walk downtown. The town I live in is generally a very safe place. It is a wealthy, well to do white bread community so walking home alone at night after drinking was nothing that bothered me, other than the actual walking. It was a Tuesday night, and that meant pints were cheap, so I wouldn't say I was completely wasted, but I certainly was more than tipsy. Instead of walking home along the sidewalk where I feared I'd be picked up by the police for being drunk in public, I decided to take the bike path that ran along the train tracks. This meant the walk would take longer, but was much safer, and less likely I'd run into any sort of trouble. Or so I thought. The bike path was not very well lit, and knowing what I know now, I should have been a lot more nervous about walking alone in the complete darkness at two in the morning. Like I said, I'd just turned 21, and was certainly an arrogant young male, who was thinking about women and not minding my surroundings. I'd taken this path many nights, and coming across anybody else was rare, If I did perchance come across somebody this late at night, most of the time it was just another drunk college student who had the same thoughts as me. Either that, or they were homeless. But if so, I'd say they were all harmless. So, this night as I'm walking, I notice further down the path was somebody walking towards me. He wore a large hiking backpack, and had his hoodie pulled up over his head. It was so dark I couldn't see their face. I could really only just barely make out their outline. This person's gait unquestionably revealed him to be a male, who I figured was probably just a transient. It was odd to see somebody walking downtown at two in the morning. When I got really close to him, and we were about to cross paths, this person just stopped dead in his tracks, and I could tell he was staring at me, because his head just followed me as I walked by. It creeped me out a bit, and I certainly felt like it was a bit odd. As I continued to walk, shrugging at the situation, I just didn't feel right. Something in my gut made me feel wrong. I stopped and turned around to see this person still staring at me. Uh, what? I asked him as I stopped walking and remained to stare back at him. That's when he hissed at me, like a snake. A long, vicious-sounding hiss that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I had hoped he was just being weird or perhaps was on meth or something. I nervously laughed a bit and said, uh, okay, and continued to walk on. 
I made it a few more steps and turned to look back. He somehow had managed to get closer to me without making a sound. He stood completely still. I figured perhaps I was just drunk and imagining things. I turned back around and walked, taking a few more steps. I turned around once more. Now I knew he was closer. I couldn't believe I couldn't hear him approaching behind me. What unsettled me even more was how every time I turned around, he managed to stop and stand completely still. Um, are you following me, buddy? Once again, he let out this creepy hiss, just staring at me. Now I was freaked out, and had this strange sensation that I was some sort of prey. Hey, fuck you, man, I now yelled. In hindsight, this was a bad idea, but because I already felt like I was some sort of target, and the last thing I should be wanting to do is provoke this sick, twisted bastard. I started backing away at this point, not taking my eyes off of him. He just stood there hissing. The hisses were getting longer, louder, and more malice was apparent in him. As he started to hiss louder and louder, he began to engage in some sort of pursuit. At first they were basic steps, but the further I backed away, the more he sped up, taking bigger steps towards me. I said to myself, forget this, I'm getting out of here. I noped it out of there and broke into a full-fledged run. He started running after me. I could hear his boots gaining on me, hissing like a cat, growling like a dog. I could feel his spit hitting me in the back of the neck. Get away from me, I yelled. I might have peed myself I was so scared. All I could think to do was run as fast as I could and to get inside of my house as quickly as possible. I've always been a fast runner, but this guy was much taller than me and his legs were really long, so he was really cutting down the distance between him and me. I managed to keep a good five between us though, checking back behind me as I saw his arms reaching out in an attempt to grab me. I finally made it out of the bike path and onto the crossing sidewalk of the street that was lit up by street lamps and a few passing cars. I was so relieved to finally make it back to civilization. There was a gas station over by my house, and I thought I'd run to the safety of its inside, only to see that the lights had been shut off and the doors were closed. It was shut. I had to make it to my house. As I got close to my house, I could see my roommate's lights were on through the window. Chris, I shouted. Chris, open the door, open the door. I'm impressed I yelled loud enough that he actually heard me. I saw the front door of my house open up, and my roommate standing in the doorway looking confused. I ran up the steps, and almost jumped inside my house, slamming the door shut behind me. Dude, what are you running from? he asked. You didn't see the guy chasing me? No. I ran to the window and looked outside. He was gone. I have no idea what happened to him, but I am sure that that had really happened. Whoever that guy who hissed at me was really shut me up, and I never walked down that bike path after dark anymore. Cannibal at the Pet Store by Anna Molly Lives A few years ago I worked at a small local pet store during college. I was one of the two women who worked there, and we didn't generally work at nights together. 
This store kind of specialises in saltwater fish, and reptiles in particular, so it wasn't odd to have newbie reptile or aquarium people, or people looking just to learn some more before actually getting a little companion. About a year into me working there, this one man would come in, and start asking questions about the bearded dragons in particular. I humoured him the first couple of times he came in, and answered his questions for an hour and a half to two hours each time he came in. But then he just kept coming in, not buying anything, not looking at other animals. He refused to talk to my other co-workers standing right next to me. He was definitely a dude with a creepy vibe. But after the third time this guy came in and questioned me about bearded dragon mating habits for an hour, we all started getting uncomfortable. He knew my schedule because we were such a small store. I would call my friends and tell them to come hang at the shop while he was there, because he was just so persistent about talking to me, and only about the bearded dragons, with the occasional, do you have a boyfriend, or a pickup line. I told him I wasn't interested each time, and told him I have a boyfriend, even though I didn't. At first we were all pretty forgiving, chalking it up to social awkwardness, but it started getting scary when he'd come in, look for me, not find me, but he'd find my car, and just hang out outside the shop. My boss started telling me to hide out in our back employees only mouse room when he'd come in. My friends were weirded out, I was getting uncomfortable around him, and my co-workers were actively trying to curb his enthusiasm for coming in. I ended up quitting that job. Around a month later, I'm watching the news with my dad, and oh buddy, were we in for a surprise. This same guy had been escorted off his ex's property in a local town by police, came back to the house the same night, and murdered her. When she didn't show up for work, her co-workers called for a welfare check. Police get there, he answers the door, and tells them his name is Zeus. He lets the police in, and they found her in a bathtub on a tarp. They also found bloody plates, silverware, and pans in her sink. He had cooked and eaten parts of her heart, liver, and brain. He's still waiting for trial in our state, and his interviews of newspeople questioning him while the police are escorting him to court are just bonkers. He tried to claim demonic possession at one point. He had previously murdered two people, and been released from prison before moving to our area. Trust your instincts about the people you interact with. People are wild. My childhood stalker tried to murder my best friend by Cheese Diva 666. Back in 1998 or 99, I was around five or six years old and living in a crime and drug ridden part of our downtown area. Our house had a giant backyard that was full of thick jungle like trees and bushes that had been taken over by the earth and also random passers-by. We knew this due to the heroin needles that were around, and half of a mattress that had once been on the forest floor, that had since grown 15 feet into the air with the trees. There was also a path that people would use as a shortcut to the main road, so there was a lot of traffic with shady people passing through. When you were a kid, this is a nightmare of a backyard, so I was spooked since the time we moved in. I would complain constantly to my mum, about someone watching me from outside my window when I would try to sleep. Once or twice there had been times of him watching me 
and he had shined a flashlight in my room, and I saw a flash of his face, which I can still picture. His dark eyes burned through me, and for a while I never said anything, but eventually I told someone. My mum always said it was just a nightmare, and brushed it off for a week or two, while ignoring my relentless complaints. Eventually, after having to fight with me to go to sleep one night, my mum dragged me outside the next morning to prove me wrong. We went outside to my window, and to her surprise, the grass had been stomped on only outside of my window, to the point that the grass was almost dead, and mud remained. There was tons of scratch marks from a tool of some kind outside the window, as if someone was trying to break in. I was in a basement with one of those small windows that don't open, so breaking in through there is super unlikely, but it still shook my family. My mum was horrified, and had started making plans to move, but we were so broke growing up that leaving right away wasn't an option. Around the same time, me and my best friend, who was also my next-door neighbour, had become inseparable. We'd hung out almost constantly, and had no sense of danger, and would do dumb stuff, like go to other neighbours' houses and ask for candy. Our favourite was this elderly lady, who always had hostess cakes for us, and we would actually go inside her house to hang out there. She was unbelievably nice, and took care of us in a way. Our parents had no idea we did this, but it was our little secret. One day we were playing around the neighbourhood, and my mum yelled for me to come home, so we could go pick up dinner just around the corner. We were only gone for 15 minutes at most, and when we came back to the house, we were in complete shock. The street was closed off with crime scene tape. There were two or three news station vans, a dozen cop cars, and either a life flight helicopter getting ready to touch down, or a news helicopter. While we were gone getting food, a man who was not from the neighbourhood, but had been staying with his mum for the last few weeks, had walked past my best friend's yard and saw her on the phone. She was talking to a friend and making faces or whatever young kids do, and this man thought she was making fun of him and talking about him on the phone. This man got so upset at the thought of someone making fun at him that he walked back to his mum's house and came back with a butcher knife and was planning on killing this girl for mistreating him. Because of where she was sitting on the porch, she could see him coming back with a knife and ran inside the home and locked herself in the bathroom and called the police with the phone that she luckily already had in her hand. Unfortunately, my friend's mum was in the kitchen and was not so lucky. The man took his anger out on her mother and stabbed her so many times that I can't even remember the number. Somehow, after the amount of times her mother was stabbed, she survived and made a full recovery after many surgeries. After his arrest, the story was all over the news, and I remember watching it with my mum pretty religiously to make sure my friend's mum was alright. They posted his mugshot, and I remember the most intense amount of fear flowing through me. The man who stabbed this woman was also the man who would watch me outside my window. I later found out that we had met this man weeks earlier at the elderly lady's house we frequented for candy. It was her son, and he had initially met us at her house and had been keeping an eye on us ever since. He had only gotten out of prison a month or so earlier and was staying with her since his release. I never took note of him when we first met, but maybe if I did, I would have known right away who my night stalker was.
and could have prevented all that happened after. We never did end up moving. My mum figured the danger was gone, so we stayed another year. To this day, I never sleep with my blinds open. Hi guys, thank you ever so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to like, share, comment and subscribe to the channel, ensuring that you hit that notification bell. Also, please make sure you go and check out creepypasta.com. I'm the new site manager there, and I've been finding some fantastically creepy stories for you all to enjoy. So, until next time, sleep tight. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm at the nail salon. What? I'm at the grocery store. What? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store.